welcome to Telling the Tale, the show where your points don't matter and everything's made up. I'm your host, Mitchell Farley-Wolf, and today I'm joined by my co-host, Dustin Jackson. Say hi, Dustin. Hi, Dustin. Where we're going to talk about the very first episode of Telltale Games, Strong Bad's cool game for attractive people, Homestar Ruiner. Dustin, I'm so psyched on this. We finally get to talk about Strong Bad. Yeah, um, we've brought it up once or twice. Um, I'm very surprised that I haven't, like, actually played through this whole season before. I love Homestar. I love Strong Bad. I don't know why I just never jumped into the rest of this season. I've only ever played this first episode we're going to be talking about before. Yeah, so I... The the main reason I wanted to do this podcast in whole is to talk about Telltale Games and what happened to them. And um, I, I think we talked about it on that first episode, how Noclip did a documentary. And one of the uh, w- one of the writers on the Walking Dead series uh, explained how the one of the saddest things, obviously the saddest thing to come out of that was all the people losing their jobs. But another very sad thing to come out of Telltale closing down is that the, uh, the three episodes of The Walking Dead that actually released after Telltale shuttered as a company, they barely got any actual reviews. And when they came out, the only news stories about them would be in terms of the, the company's failure. Uh, so it, it felt like they lost their work as well. And they, they just don't, don't get to keep talking about the thing. That's why we do this show. It's so sad to think about because, like, yeah. The Walking Dead was huge for the one season. Like, not just Telltale being huge. It's so crazy to me that The Walking Dead itself starts so huge with season one. And then by the last season, their big blaze of glory ending this whole series, it's just barely talked about. That is true. And it's sad. But of a very real side reason that we're doing this show is that we get to talk about at least five hours of Homestar Runner, <laughs> that, which is something I just always kind of want to do. When when did you start watching Homestar Runner? Oh, boy. I was probably in junior high. I don't remember exactly what year. I don't even remember how I came around it. Like, it's, I don't know how I found it's it. It's at least a 20-year-old memory, right? <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh, well, I don't know. Maybe not. When quite. did Homestars start? I don't know if it was 2001. The I think I might have found it. The website was created in 1999. Holy shit, that long ago? Yeah, but I, I don't think it fully got off the rails until one or two years after that. But it was around, and I think I had a few cartoons at least in 1999. All right. I, I feel like I must have found it around like 2002, 2003. Yeah, it it took a little while for uh, the Strong Bad emails to start showing up on the website as cartoons, um, which definitely seemed to be the thing that started drawing people in much more. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of took over. Like, yeah. they, the oh, yeah. tunes themselves were the big draw at first, but then Strong Bad emails just kind of took over the whole site. It became, like, the reason to go. Strong Bad kind of usurped Homestar as the main character. Yeah, it's sort of an Urkel situation where he wasn't supposed to be the main character at all. And then over time, his popularity just demanded that 
he be raised in importance compared to the rest of the cast members and just became <laughs> the main character. Um, if the website wasn't called homestarrunner.com, I bet it would have just been an official takeover and Strong Bad would be the 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 character. I guess he yeah. sort of is because by the time 2008 rolls along and Strong Bad's Cool Game for Attractive People comes out, there's no homestarrunner.com presents in the title. There's no Homestar Runners Strong Bad's Cool Game for Attractive People. Like the brand recognition in the title is Strong Bad's name. Yeah. Yeah. Home Homestar's kind of uh like I would say of the whole cast Homestar is still probably the second most important, you know, one of the ones that shows up the most. But yeah, Strong Bad just uh totally took over and for good reason. Yeah, I think if you if you don't include this series of video games, the the two most important characters are definitely Strong Bad and Homestar Runner, and they are probably equal. But uh, this game puts Strong Bad over the top, and this game was a very important game because from the early two thousands, basically in, until around this game was coming out. The website would update with a brand new cartoon at least a few minutes long every single week in what I have to only imagine is a Herculean task of productivity. I don't understand how they did it. It's crazy. I, I can't imagine doing a whole new thing every week. Like, it helps that the cartoons are, uh, you know, they have character assets that they can just reuse for everyone but still you know you're still doing some new stuff and you have to write a whole cartoon and animate a whole cartoon yeah even with even with assets you can just reuse like all the characters that's still a whole ton of work to do every week this is an unscripted conversation that i don't even really edit for content i just edit for sound and put it out on a website without thinking about it. And even making this podcast isn't very trivial to do every week. It's mm-hmm. something that I still need to put a lot of time into. This is a huge, huge job for the Brothers Chaps, who are Mike and Matt Chapman, uh, the creators of HomestarRunner.com. We'll be talking about them probably in the same terms that we talk about Steve Purcell a lot, in terms of uh, the original creator, because... Like Steve Purcell, they were very involved in the creation of this game uh, with Telltale.com. Telltale.com? Telltale Games. <laughs> uh, I mean, they had a website. <laughs> yeah, for a bit. Uh, yeah, I mean, they were like the main writers on all these games, too. I think, uh, I think someone from Telltale was credited as one of the main writers, too, but... Uh, you know, for something like this, it makes total sense. Something with, like, such a very specific sense of humor. Um, you, you gotta have the guys who do it. Yeah, so I looked that up. I wanted to see what the writing process for this game was. How much was Telltale and how much was Chaps. Uh, and it turns out the way they did it was they would have a, a brainstorming session with... Um, the the director of the game or, or um in in this case in this episode's case i don't know if this changes episode to episode we'll have to keep an eye out in the credits uh in future episodes but this episode was directed by mark darren 
and written by Mike Stemmel and the Brothers Chaps. And uh, what they said they would do for all of these writing sessions is the they, they would just have a phone call uh, with the Chapmans on the other end. And they would just brainstorm all the different things you could have happen in the Homestar Runner universe. And then eventually five episode topics sort of came out of that which Telltale would then synthesize and then Mike Stemmel would be like the main actual writer of it and then he would give that script back to the brothers chaps who would edit it and um, you know make make some changes here and there to uh, bring it more in line with the, the brand and kind of uh, Homestar Runnerify it yeah, the world that it was already inhabiting. Uh, and then they would send it back to Telltale, who would give a final edit for design and programming reasons. And then that would be it. Um, and you know that the Brothers Chaps were at least pretty into all of the scripts because they had to read them. They, they're they the voice actors, too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're the everything for Homestar Runner. So, like, they know exactly the way things should be. Yeah. Um, Jared Emerson Johnson is not anywhere to be found on the in the credits. Although, I do think he still did some stuff. Um, but the music is very Brothers Chaps. Uh, so, they're providing their own music. Even though it's original music, it's not even, like, from other Homestar cartoons. Mm-hmm. Um, one, this is altogether one of the most faithful video game adaptations I've ever played. Yeah, exactly. It, it feels exactly um, like the cartoons. Yeah, I think all the characters, especially the way they uh, do the characters, 3D models, like uh, with the uh, cell shading and stuff, they look just like, like you can tell they're 3D, especially like things like Homestar's mouth. Uh, <laughs> Oh yeah, but, and especially it's it's thirteen year old PC graphics. So like you can you can tell where that if they made it again now, there might actually not be a way to tell if it was a cartoon or a game. But yeah, you can definitely tell they're three D. Yeah, but they do look just like you would expect the characters to look in three D. Um. So before we talk about the the game, I I think we we talked about it. Um. But but not really what it is. Homestarrunner.com. It was a Flash website that started in 1999. Uh, ran until 2008, pr- uh, pretty much weekly. When this game was coming out was when they stopped updating weekly. Um, so I, I think of this game as sort of the capstone of the Homestar Runner brand. Uh, yeah, and it's and it's not like they stopped doing Homestar Runner stuff after Strong Bad's cool game for attractive people, but it did come much less frequently. Right. Yeah, it's a it's a comedy show first and foremost uh, that has this whole cast of characters that are all hard to describe because I want to say like Bubs is a and then fill in the blank. I don't know what Bubs is. Uh, like he's he's a something i don't think they're all just people but i mean they are people they're not all human um like coach z is a something he's he's in pajamas uh yeah it's it's really hard to describe what these things are i guess in this universe they would just be considered people but they're all very different looking 
Yeah. Um, and it, and it's so weird because they have just like regular humans in this world. You have like limousine. So yeah, and, and then some of them feel very like okay, you're stylistically drawn, but strong mad, for example, that's a human. Yeah. Um, and then on the other side of it, you've got the cheat, who is nothing like he's like <laughs> he's like a pillowcase guy that's what he is yeah. um and there, there's uh for a very long time a sort of rivalry between these two characters homestar who is uh portrayed basically as dumb if not dumber um as uh patrick from spongebob <laughs> He's a terrific athlete. He's a terrific athlete. That's another thing that he is. He's always doing running around and jumps. Um, <laughs> and Strong Bad, who is a guy in a wrestle mask, like a, a Mexican wrestler mac- mask, who I guess is one of the brother chaps. I, I think it started this way and then evolved out of it. Um, his voice is a Mexican accent, but... It is. It also is not. It also very much isn't a Mexican accent. It's. It starts more Mexican accenty, and then uh, just kind of becomes its own thing. I don't want to say there's no accent there, but it. Boy, it's just kind of a strong bad accent. Yeah, I mean the way that all of these characters talk. It's weird because. Um, uh, side note. Dustin and I are getting ready to play a Dungeons and Dragons game, and I've been researching a bunch of stuff to to hopefully do a good job at it. And I've been looking up some accent stuff to to see like how DMs typically um, use accents in games. And one of the things I keep reading is like, don't be afraid to use a real world accent because it's pretty much impossible to just come up with a new completely original accent and in while i read that i was thinking like yeah that that would be hard but now thinking about this game and and the world of homestar every single character definitely has an accent and (laughs) none of them are real (laughs) like like every character in this world has a full patois from it sounds like another country and isn't. It's like it, it's just from nothing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, Homestar kind of has a uh, kind of has like an Elmer Fuddy thing going on, where yeah. he talks like this. He's always sound more like this. Yeah, that that might be more of a speech impediment than an accent. Yeah, but then the way Strong Bad talks is not Mexican anymore. It's it's now. It, it it didn't stay that way for very long. Probably only like a year of cartoons, and then the the next few years of cartoons were, um, like it took the growl from that accent and then sort of expanded it into its own thing. Uh, can you it's, do a strong bad? Um, I could totally try to do a strong bad. Strong bad kind of sounds like this. Yeah, all right, acceptable. <laughs> Thanks. um yeah uh if we talk about i guess if we talk about every aspect of homestar runner we will be here for a while but there's a lot of just wonderful things about it's it's a hoot and a holler it's a hoot and a holler 
and it's um, all still up for everyone to watch. Go watch. It's all on. They have them all on YouTube. They have them on their website. Uh, Flash is dead, but I think they figured out a way to keep everything. Actually, yeah. What what'll happen if I go to it right now? If I okay, I'm typing in homestarrunner.com. Um, HTTP, HTTPS, let's see. I'm waiting with bated breath. Oh, I am too. It looks like it's just not loading. Oh, it did load. It did load. Oh. Um, <laughs> yeah, the, there's a, on the website and, and the, the UI of the website itself appears in the game which is pretty cool. There's a button in the upper right-hand section that is always advertising, like, the latest cartoon they did. Um, and it used to say what it was because they were updating it all the time. But now it just mm. says latest tune. If I click latest tune, I wonder what the latest tune is for uh, for homestarrunner.com. Whoa, they have a mobile version of the website, too. I'm looking at it on my phone. Uh, they have the latest styles, uh, store... <laughs> oh, I need I need to get that talking strong bad plush. The latest styles. <laughs> yeah, latest styles I guess is just various updates. They have disc four of twelve world games, old crap corner, <laughs> that weird egg thing from like two thousand one. The the oh man, this is great. I we can't we can't do a podcast about looking at. <laughs> <laughs> the Homestarter website. Can I can I do one more? <laughs> yeah, just yeah, because yeah. it kind of ties into what we're talking about. Of course. One of the updates is post flash update, and the subtitle is "What happened to our website?" <laughs> <laughs> what happened to our website? <laughs> uh. Um, the <laughs> they're they're selling a uh, an album that I had in elementary school called strong bad sings and other types uh strong bad sings and other type hits i love that album yeah i the the thing is that album came out like really early in the homestar like world it was like 2003 or something and that meant that they had this this compilation cd of like only a quarter of all the cartoons that came out, uh, <laughs> which is an interesting thing to do. Uh, we got to talk about this video game. <laughs> we sure do. Yeah, <laughs> let's give it a shot. Uh, Homestar Ruiner is the first episode of Strong Bad's Cool Game for Attractive People. Came out August 11th, 2008, which is about four months after What's New Beelzebub launched. So... They're really releasing these at a clip. They're not slowing down. Yeah. There was a, there was a small gap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Imagine if your your current uh like favorite most played, most listened to or whatever uh video game company was constantly releasing games with only a 4-month gap between them. That would be intense in the year 2021. Yeah. Yeah. No one can do that in 2021. It's just it's just Things have changed so much. Yeah, here's another here's another fun fact about this episode of the game. While the other episodes of the game are E or E10, this one is T. Interesting. I don't I know why. why. 
Yeah, uh, I looked at I looked at the reasons they gave on the ESRB. They said crude humor, mild cartoon violence, and mild suggestive themes. Those don't sound different than <laughs> the other episodes. Right? Like, it all sounds pretty mild. I, I can't remember anything in this episode that would uh, qualify it for a T. Yeah, I know that you can um, submit to the ESRB what you want the uh the rating to be and what you think it is and they will still like look through it and approve or disapprove um but maybe for that first one they didn't like submit the no this really should be e10 um Mm -hmm. and then they realized that they should for the next ones i don't know i don't know if that's how that that would be a, a way that i could imagine it going um Another note about this game is that it was it's the first Telltale game not designed primarily for PC. Oh, right. I forgot this was WiiWare. Yeah, this was designed for WiiWare. I never played it on WiiWare, and I feel like I missed out. I played the first episode on WiiWare a long, long time ago. Uh, was there were there motion controls? Um, you just used the Wii remote to point at the screen, basically. I was reading a, uh, it, it was a pre-release FAQ about Strong Bad's Cool Game that Telltale put on their website, and it in one part of it they said, we're constantly thinking of innovative ways to use the Wii remote. And, uh, <laughs> I was just thinking, did you, really, you did? Constantly? Yeah, you have, like, you have, like, the one way to do it. Yeah. I would love, um, this game more than probably anything else in the library, I really want Skunk Ape to also acquire and also do a remaster of in the same way that they're doing their Strong Bad remasters. Mm -hmm. It'd be fun for for Switch, uh, especially, because I just feel like it does belong on a Nintendo console. This is a Nintendo franchise for me for some reason. Yeah, I think the one I want most is still Tales of Monkey Island. I think it can use the uh, visual polish uh, a lot more. But I just want to be able to play all of these on, like, modern consoles. Yeah, it is. I guess it's hard to choose because once you get into a, a headspace of, oh, well, they should just focus on Sam and Max or Tales of Monkey Island or Strong Bad or maybe... Um, uh, they should like remake the original wolf among us uh there's a lot of options for them to pick Mm. i guess it makes sense for now that it's just sam and max because it needed it the most and also is probably the most popular altogether yeah i think uh the thing about both telltale and strong bad is um Neither of those are on modern console. I think the most modern console you can play them on besides PC is the PlayStation 3. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Sam and Max Seasons 1 and 2 you can play on uh, Xbox One if you want because they're uh, backwards compatible. Also, they just released the Sam and Max Season 1 remaster on Xbox One, but, you know. But Strong Bad and Monkey Island, they're kind of stuck. Yeah, um, I think it's fine for most of the other games to just be in PC land forever, because you know PC gaming is valuable in its in its own way compared to console gaming. Uh, but 
Strong Bad and Tales of Monkey Island were both primarily designed to be Wii games uh, first and then PC games, uh, which mm-hmm. is weird that they're not yeah, on didn't... consoles anymore. <laughs> yeah, being made for WiiWare doesn't always isn't always in their best interest, but uh, still. I don't think it was ever in their best interest, and we'll get around to that. But yeah, <laughs> uh, WiiWare had a thing that every single game that you were selling on WiiWare could be at most thirty megabytes. Um, in, in forty, forty eight. Was it forty? Oh, okay. Yeah, because Tales of Monkey Island has uh, Club Forty One, and they called it that because they couldn't model the inside of it because it would go over the forty megabyte limit. Yeah, I remember it was a big controversy at the time because uh, that's even in the late 2000s, that wasn't very much space. And uh, Super Meat Boy was supposed to come out on Wii and was targeting Wii as like its main thing. Mm-hmm. And they just kept... I, I, I think Edmund McMillan, the, one of the guys behind Super Meat Boy, he, he came out one time and said, yeah, we just kept assuming like... Oh, we'll get him to budge. We'll get him to budge because it's all policy. There, there's no like technical reason it has to be 30 megabytes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Nintendo, obviously Nintendoed about it and never did budge while the Wii was still um, their main console. And they just never released Super Meat Boy on Wii, uh, even though it was supposed to be like the main thing. That's so crazy to think about since one console later, the Wii U... Uh they did kind of embrace uh, indie titles a lot more. They kind of, right from the get-go, they had uh, some on there. Yeah, well, in, the the phrase indie really turned around in the early 20-teens because Reggie fils who would later go on to, to champion indie games and stuff like that as uh, the president of Nintendo, he's, he's quoted as saying, I wish I had the quote right in front of me, but uh, he was asked about the megabyte policy. Mm-hmm. And he said more or less in, in different words. I, again, I wish I had the exact wording. We're not going to change our entire company policy around some hobbyists. Ooh. Yeah. They some re- hobbyists. Some hobbyists. Mm. That, and that's an aggressively anti-indie take. Aggressive. Yeah. Um, I, I think he was trying to evoke a similar feeling that they had in the eighties when all of the Atari games were trash and Nintendo entertainment systems had the seal of quality, uh, games on the, or they, they had the seal on the games that I guess made people think that they were better games turned out to be more marketing than any actual (laughs) level of quality. But, um, yeah, I think they were trying to say, like, indie titles are mostly bad. You know, we're, we're taking the diamonds and the rough. and Yeah, Ninja Bread Man. <laughs> yeah, Ninja Bread Man. Um, <laughs> that, that might not have even been before, like, Braid and uh, Castle Crashers. So that was a pretty antiquated take. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, this video game is a video game. It stars Strong Bad from Free Country USA. That's where he lives. Uh, And it opens with a a little musical number. I love this song. I love all songs. (laughs) (laughs) 
just all songs in general or yeah you know i was thinking about it i think i like all songs that's pretty good that's a pretty open uh stance to take yeah you know even if i don't like listening to some of them i i like songs i like that songs exist yeah yeah um I, I noticed in our last episode, we didn't talk about it, but What's New Beelzebub notably did not have a musical number. Oh, that's right. Did episode three have one either? I guess it had like the musical raves, but I don't think it had like a song. Um, yeah, I guess it didn't. Season two kind of down because in season one, you had a song like almost every episode, but then season two kind of downplay you still get some and they're great songs but uh it didn't feel like as big a uh thing but yeah. we open up this episode with a wonderful song um and that song is called can't handle my style and is strong bad talking about how his style's really good and no one can handle it <laughs> um and he would implore you to please stop trying to handle it unless you're a lady, in which case you're cordially invited to take a giant slice of his style. Um, That's our strong bed. Yeah, it's a good... I think it sets the tone quite well for a game where more than the cartoons, I think, you have to reckon with the fact that strong bad is not cool and thinks that he is. Um, <laughs> because you have to be strong bad. And in the cartoons, you're like, yeah, he's he's posturing. You you don't actually think of him as a as a cool person, probably. But here, you're really thrown into just like being strong, bad, and everyone in town kind of hates you at least a little bit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that is completely lost on you. You just think you're you're like the coolest shit in the world. Um, and and everyone actually likes Homestar, which. Is probably why Strong Bad doesn't like Homestar. <laughs> because they, they like him and they don't like Strong Bad. Yeah. Um, well, some people are kind of... I think most people like Homestar. Some people are kind of off and on, like uh, Marzipan. Yeah. <laughs> Marzipan, who's dating Homestar, is is uh, ambivalent about the fact that she's dating Homestar at best. <laughs> Um, although I think that she, I would say she wants it to work out. Yeah, I'd say Homestar is, uh, more oblivious to it. Like, he, he just thinks, oh, I have a girlfriend. And, uh... <laughs> yeah, like, like, it's, it's a thing about him rather than her, <laughs> the fact that he's dating her. Yeah, but, you know, he's, he's, it, it's not malicious. He's just not very smart. No, yeah, he's he's completely uh, empty-headed about the whole life that he lives. I would uh, say overall, Homestar is a cool guy most of the time. I overall, <laughs> I don't know. I I think I think there, Homestar is an extremely likable character. Um, yeah, and if he was a real person in any way, it would be not good for that person <laughs> uh, like any if any aspect of him was put onto a real human life person uh human life person i'll say that uh that would be extremely bad and sad and i would not be glad for that person yeah well unless they're as oblivious to it as homestar is 
I think that would just in if you actually get that way in real life, you just get that comes off as extremely sad to me that you would live <laughs> your life um, in in that way, constantly being robbed, <laughs> like being beat up and not really understanding why. Um, <laughs> not understanding why. Uh, yeah, I I mean I guess so, but you know, as long as as long as they're happy. I guess, like, yeah. You, you you can pity them, but as long as they're not feeling too down about it, I guess it's fine. <laughs> well, it's interesting that we've taken this approach to talking about Homestar because the uh, episode after that little musical intro starts with Strong Bad going onto his computer and checking his email like he does all the time and answering an email from a fan, which I, I looked up to see if these emails that like uh, start the episode out are actual emails written by real fans of the of uh, Strong Bad because on the website they are real emails. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I was I, wondering I, that too as, as a, I was playing it. As a kid, I sent in tons of emails um, trying to get Strong Bad to answer my email. He never did. I don't he, think he answered any of mine either. I don't remember any of the emails I sent, but I remember sending quite a few. Uh, I think in retrospect, I was such a young kid doing this. I, it's good that he didn't answer my emails because I remember I would just try to like create characters and I would try to <laughs> will them into existence by having them be in a strong bad email that he you would were, answer. You were trying to make the next Homsars in your card gauge. Yeah, I, w- I was trying to, I think I remember actually coming up with uh, Coach Y, who is an alternative to Coach Z. And... <laughs> Uh, just most of the email was just describing the clothes he wore and just like, he's exactly like this. So you don't even have to design him. Just, just, <laughs> hi, Strong Bad. Have you ever seen Coach Y around? He looks like this. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then that would be like the whole email I'd send in. Don't uh, worry, guys. I made the Strong Bad email for you. Yeah. You just need to show him off to the side. And then he's always saying like, what's up and stuff. And, <laughs> and that's, that's his deal. He's always saying, what's up? uh but the email that strong bad gets in the episode is from someone wondering if you hate homestar so much why don't you just beat him up (laughs) um and that's that's uh the start of the episode that's i think this game's version of the commissioner calls in sam and max just getting you off the ground getting you a, a little bit of an uh piece of insight on the mystery you're going to solve. Yeah, so did you find out if these emails in the Telltale games are real ones or just made up for the game? I did. Unfortunately, they are made up for the game. They're not sent in by real people, but some of the uh, incidental emails that you'll get if you ever come back to the computer later in the episode Mm -hmm. are sometimes at least based on real emails that okay. you got um yeah i was i guess when you have like a very specific story set up you can't just wait or wade through the emails you've already gotten to see what would just happen to stick you kind of need to have a specific thing to get yeah. this episode on the road yeah like one of the episodes later on in the season is about a, a battle of the bands kind of thing so if no one emailed them asking about a battle of the bands that would kind of suck 
<laughs> Guess we can't do that story. Yeah. Uh, it reminds me of, there's an advice podcast called My Brother, My Brother and Me, where the uh, the hosts of the podcast, the McElroy brothers, will answer, like, sent-in questions, and that's that's the format of their show. And they were made into a TV show at one point, uh, only ran for six episodes, but the TV show was, it was also spawned with, like, one person a fan of theirs actually sending in their advice but the tv show was unscripted and it it actually did have real questions uh that they didn't vet ahead of time that they sent in for advice wow uh so the the magic of tv yeah the magic i guess tv does what video game don't huh (laughs) um yeah, so he goes to beat the snot out of Homestar. Uh, what happens after that? Uh, he goes to beat up Homestar, but he finds out that Homestar is... Uh, he is taking part in the annual Race to the End of the Race. Triannual, right? Triannual, yeah. Race to the End of the Race. That's my favorite name. <laughs> yeah, the Free Country USA Triannual Race to the End of the Race. I love it so much. Uh, so Strong Bad is like, oh well, if I can't beat the snot out of Homestar, I'll uh, I'll just beat him in a race. But uh, the deadline was months ago, and the only two contestants are Strong Bad and or not Strong Bad, uh, Homestar and Pom Pom. Uh, so Strong Bad needs to uh, sabotage Homestar Runner. And he does this in a, a myriad of ways. Yeah, and, and like um, a uh, typical Homestar cartoon, it'll start by saying, hey, we got to beat up Homestar. And then by the end of it, it's Strong Bad helping Homestar to win the race. Um, <laughs> like, it, it just, none of it... The, the initial premise is always immediately abandoned. Which is, yeah, I, I think... A, it, it a, evolves. It's a mainstay of their comedy technique where they just don't <laughs> keep talking about it. They're done talking about it immediately. I like that you can go to different uh, portions of the Homestar world. You you make a map and you can just put any area you want to go to on this map, anywhere on this map you want to go. It doesn't really matter where you place them since you just click on them and it'll take you to that spot. Uh, but it's a, it's a neat little thing. It's a neat little interactive thing. So I was actually kind of frustrated by that back in the day when when mm. i was actually playing these as they came out this was a frustrating thing for me um because i i was always like a lore guy i wanted to know all the lore of of the world and this game presented an opportunity to be like oh wow you actually have to walk around the world of uh homestar so we're we're going to see some stuff about like how it works that you'll never see in the in the cartoons themselves and that is true to a point but um the the fact that the map was like actively uninterested in telling you where anything was in relationship to every, everything else <laughs> like that that was something i wanted to see that was refused like how far away do marzipan and strong bad live from each other uh, which is not like uh, an, an important thing at all, but it's something I, I did want to know. But in 
playing it now, I think it's actually pretty clever. It, especially yeah. with the knowledge I have now that I did not have at the time, that basically while this game was coming out, th- there would be more Homestar cartoons for the next like decade. But it's basically over. I didn't know it was over at the time. I don't think anyone did. But uh, yeah, the idea after that- this, after this, they kind of moved on to different projects. Uh, I know uh, one of the brothers chaps, Mike Chapman, I think. Uh, wait, which one's which one's the main one, Mike or Matt? The main one? I feel like that's mean. That's underselling. <laughs> yes, I, I. But like one of them does like a million of the voices. Well, yeah, the well, one does. of them is is not a voice actor. Uh, he he does some voices, but usually I think just in Matt special Matt is occasions. not the voice actor. Okay. So actually, I I don't know if I it was look both of them or just one of them, but I know one of them. Uh, did like writing on Gravity Falls. Uh, they worked on the Aquabat Super Show. Uh, yeah, various shows. They even had a show on Disney for a while. Two more eggs. Sorry, I was wrong. It's Matt who's the voice actor. Okay. Um. um yeah, and I know they worked on Yo Gabba Gabba for a while. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Um, <laughs> okay. I, well, I don't it's see the because but yeah. Well, it's because uh, they work with that kind of crew on various projects. Uh, so the Aquabats uh, had a TV show, and Matt Chapman worked on that, and they did various uh, Homestar collabs. Th- on one of the Aquabats albums, they just have an al- uh, one of the songs that has Strong Bad and Homestar on it. Cool. Um, and they do live concerts, and sometimes Matt Chapman will come out, and uh, they'll play Trogdor live for people. And probably my favorite one, um, so on the Aquabat Super Show, there's an episode where they meet a guy named Carl the Magician, and he, he's named Carl the Magician, but he's just Strong Bad. He, he's Matt Chapman, he's, he's wearing the Strong Bad mask, but with a magician's hat on top, and he's doing <laughs> the Strong Bad voice. He's literally just Strong Bad in live action, but he's named Carl. Carl the Magician. <laughs> yeah it's 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 pretty great yeah i mean if i was a tv studio what uh any time around 2009 or so when homestar was ending or, or at least ending being regular every week i would have given any amount of money to scoop those guys out if, if not even for their style but just for their productivity alone right um, how fast they can push stuff out um it, it it really is mind-blowing how fast they yeah. can do that. I I do love that even though uh, regular updates are over, nowadays, like, they're still, they still put out Homestar stuff every now and then, and it's a wonderful little treat. It's like a little mini holiday whenever we get new Homestar stuff. Yeah, I think recently they put out a bunch of videos advertising a new board game based on Trogdor, uh, mm-hmm. who we'll see more of as this game goes on. Um Trogdor might be a better analog for the Urkel of Homestar Runner, actually. Where That's like, true. It became a huge thing. Yeah, Trogdor was just a little throwaway gag in a strong bad email where someone asked him if you could draw a dragon and he drew this sort of S-shaped abomination with a big beefy human arm coming out of the side coming of it. Out, coming out of the back of his neck there. Yeah. 
with some consummate V-shaped scales. <laughs> I say consummate, consummate Vs. And uh, that's that's how you draw a trogdor. And then it had a little song that went along with it. And that song went everywhere because that is like the epitome of internet comedy in that time. If it's about a thing that is sort of dumb, but it's a produced thing and has some like it actually sounds like a cool song. That is the funniest thing anyone had seen up to that point. <laughs> yeah. And like on Strong Bad Sings, it's like the opening song. They did a whole board game for it recently. It was in that song was in Guitar Hero, wasn't it? That song was in Guitar Hero, yeah. That's crazy. I think it was there's with another other one in Guitar, in Guitar Hero, Hero too. Um Because It's Midnight by Limousine, which is a oh, fictional yes. band within Homestar Runner. Um, I love Limousine. Was also in Guitar Hero. I think that's, that's the better so song crazy. out of the two of them. Because it's midnight. Heart of a lion and the wings of a bat. It's so good. I I love that uh, limousine voice. Yeah, it, <laughs> it 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 evokes the hair metal bands of the eighties, like the early eighties, without actually being anything like what they actually ever were. <laughs> uh it, it's fantastic uh we'll we'll be seeing we'll be seeing more we'll be seeing more limousine later on yeah i think this game this is a very different kind of adaptation than um uh, sam and max because what telltale did with sam and max was they said okay we have sam we have max we have the office we have the DeSoto, maybe flint paper and we've got like the tone in which the world is drawn um Everything else, we're going to make up wholesale as a new thing for them to do. And everything about Strong Bad is much more fanservice-y. It's just like every every episode of this game actually harkens back to something they could have spent more time on in the cartoons but and, and was popular, but they just didn't. Um, mm-hmm. With maybe the exception of this episode. This episode is the only one that's sort of like its own little story. Next episode is about how uh, the home Starmy and uh, Strong Badia were at war once, which is a thing from the cartoons. And the one after that is about about all the fake bands they made up over the years, which is from the cartoons. And the one after <laughs> that is about Dangeresque, which is a movie franchise from the cartoons. And the one after I cannot that wait is Progdor. to get to Dangeresque. Yeah, Dangeresque. Remember earlier on, I was saying uh, Dan Connors mm-hmm. w- listed his favorite episodes. The Dangeresque one is the one that like was near the top of his list. Of I think it's near Telltale the top of my list ever. too. It's going to be hard to beat some of these Sam and Max episodes because I'll be honest. I think we should we should talk about that as this episode. Where do you think this uh, lands in comparison to the Sam and Max and Bone episodes we've just been playing? It's hard to say, really, because like, honestly, I feel like this episode's a little basic and it, this episode is like extremely easy, but I think it's just because I remembered everything you do in this episode. I not once when playing this the other day was I stuck. <laughs> um, not once, huh? Not once. I I just remembered like everything. Uh but it's still a lot of fun, but I I guess since I just breezed through all the puzzles, I just remembered everything. It's really hard for me to gauge where I would place it. Because huh. 
I, I just can't have an opinion on like the gameplay when I just know all the puzzles ahead of time. It It is pretty basic puzzle solving for the most part, but I still enjoy it because it's Homestar Runner. I kind of feel that Telltale probably felt about Strong Bad the way that like Benedict Cumberbatch felt about playing Doctor Strange in the Marvel Universe. Um, this is a wild metaphor, but stick with me. Uh, <laughs> where um, like Sam and Max dis- also being a comedy and also very si- uh, silly was where they were really innovating their adventure game design chops, like where they were really trying to push what what games can do. And Strong Bad is all like, I, it, you could tell everyone in the office was fans of Homestar and they just love doing it. But also this game itself is just a lot of fan service, a lot of just like, hey, here's a joke over here. It's not like a, we're, we're not trying to like push the boundaries of what games are and, and what games can be. We're just sort of going for it. Yeah, which is which is totally fine. If I'm playing a game about uh, the Homestar Runner universe, I guess that's what I want. First and foremost, I'm not going into a Homestar game wanting like the most innovative, crazy puzzles out there. Yeah, I, I, I think that's another thing where the perceived audience of Homestar was very, very young at the time. I don't know if that's true or not, but I was. So I guess fair um when this game came out august 11th of 2008 how old was i um i was 13 nearly 14 wow that's crazy yeah ages huh (laughs) it's almost like it goes up every year almost and these (laughs) years keep going faster and sometimes sometime we're all gonna die dustin we're all gonna die yeah it's just gonna be over and no one's gonna be around and i won't be remembered oh my god dustin yeah (laughs) anyway uh, (laughs) that's just the way it goes you know shit (laughs) (laughs) um we can't all be remembered forever like strong bad Something that this game does do that is very different from Sam and Max is just how many optional things are around to do. Um, Yeah, it has lots of collectibles. Lots of collectibles and lots of, uh, like, scorekeeping in a way that is... Yeah, lots of little mini achievements. It it reminds me a lot more of LucasArts and especially Humongous's way of doing things where like the game was not put around to be beaten because the game was for children and sometimes they're just not going to beat a game. So they need to be able to have a good time just inhabiting this world, not making any progress and leaving. Um, Mm -hmm. And and Homestar, uh, or sorry, Strong Bad's Cool Game for Attractive People totally embodies that old humongous uh style of doing it by putting um there there's what is essentially an uh nes game but i think it's much more in the style of atari games in strong bad's house and and, uh, one motif of the homestar runner universe is that everyone has really antiquated technology that was never name brand so it's probably neither atari nor um Nintendo. It's probably like an Intellivision or something that uh, <laughs> Strong Bad has. 
Although yeah, it did have um, a uh, it had a name. I forget what it was called. Uh, ColecoVision. No, the one in Strongman's oh. house had a name. Oh shoot! I, I, I know knew it was it by Vitelectrics. Yeah, Vitelectrics, but... but I don't remember. I, he says it in the episode. Yeah, I'll have to look next next week. Um, no, I I think he just calls it the Fun Machine. It might be the Vitelectrics Fun Machine. Yeah, <laughs> that that sounds <laughs> legitimate. Uh, this episode, he plays a game on there called Snake Boxer Five. I think Snake That's... Boxer Five sucks a little bit. <laughs> it it does, but it's you know it's meant to. It, it, yeah. it comes across as a game that's very simple and uh, not good, but Strong Bad thinks it's like the best game ever made. So one of the things that you need to do to upgrade a title that you have in your inventory that just basically says how far you've come along in the game um, is do well enough at all of these little mini games that you find along the way uh, to, to score a certain uh, number of points. And the highest level of awesomeness that you can get in the episode is called Trogdor Polo Chucker. I don't know what that means. <laughs> uh, you throw polo t-shirts with Trogdor on them. You throw them, <laughs> I guess. That's that's pretty good. I, I, did, I wasn't keeping track of it the whole way. But uh, when I did check, the one I had was uh, PvP Archer. Cool. That's a cooler thing than Trogdor Polo Chugger. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I understand <laughs> that one at least. That's true. Um, how far? How? What was your high score on Snake Boxer? Um, I don't remember. Bullshit! I, don't I know I you remember. It. I know. I don't. I don't think I did it this playthrough. You never played it. I here's so here's old Dustin's thing. Um, when. We were in the middle of playing Sam and Max season two long ago. Mm -hmm. um, my roommate, who uh, you might know, uh, I do. He was playing through Strong Bad's cool game for attractive people. Yeah, he kept messaging me and saying like, "How do you get a high score on this?" And I'm like, "Don't. Why would you? Why? <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter. You don't need it." Uh, but I, I tried to keep uh, spoilers to a minimum since I was going to be playing it soon anyway. But I did watch him play uh, Snake Boxer 5. And so I watched him uh, after he got uh, the cheat codes for it. I watched him just kind of go through it and beat it. And so because I watched that, I didn't feel the need to do it this time. Okay, fair enough. I, I tried to uh, max out my title. It, it, and that's the only reason I uh, played Snake Boxer as much as I did. I got 17. That's not bad. Um, it it felt on the seventeenth one something just became impossible. I would wager <laughs> you can't go higher than twenty for some reason. I I feel like um, the speed at which okay. So for the listeners out there, you're a boxer. Think think uh, Little Mac or something, and you're fighting a snake in a boxing ring, and the snake. <laughs> just travels up and down randomly along the left side of the screen. And you can go up and down on the right side of the screen and throw out punches. And if you put yourself out there like to punch, you can get bit by the snake. There is a cheat code that Strong Bad can find in his old copy of the manual 
for Snake Boxer 5, which is drawn in the Atari manual style, by the way. So I guess that's another point for it being closer to Atari than Nintendo. Mm-hmm. But the, the Vitelectrix poster on the walls, definitely NES. Anyway, um, th- if you press up, up, down, up, and then start on the uh, the start screen, you enter Cobra Secret Mode. Which I, I think that's just like the coolest name for, <laughs> for any kind of secret. Dude. Cobra Secret Mode. You play Snake Boxer 5? Yeah, it's cool. Did you play it with Cobra Secret Mode? What? What? Cobra Secret Mode? Uh, yeah. Cobra Secret Mode. Uh, I, I could totally <laughs> imagine someone being braggadocious about entering Cobra Secret Mode on the on the playground in elementary I, school. I don't know which I don't know which I prefer a Cobra Secret Mode or braggadocious. <laughs> that, <laughs> that's that's your uh, that's your big word of the week. Folks, <laughs> I try to drop in one per ep. Is that a real word? Yeah. Oh, I just thought you were being a silly. I thought you were just, I thought like you were just saying, taking bragging and calling it braggadocious. No, if you are braggadocious, you are like, that's the the state of being someone who is like pompous and, and bragging about the stuff that you're doing. Okay, okay. Like it a little less now, but still cool. <laughs> Sorry, I mean it's just sometimes <laughs> it's a word. I don't know what to tell you. No, it's no, it's fine. I just thought you made it up. I'll make up the next one. Uh, <laughs> another uh, another mini game that I so Snake Boxer Five sucks, but I like that it's there a lot because it's it's such a fun little nostalgic thing i could totally imagine it being a real atari game back in the day um yeah like if if you had to like buy this for like 4.99 off xbox live it would not be a good purchase but because it's just a shitty little game that's meant to be shitty that you get for free alongside uh strong bad uh it's neat yeah i think there there's a joke to it where it's a game that sucks and is it, like clearly very bad. Um, like the 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 combat of punching these snakes feels awful, and the fact that you can just spend most of the time blocking and then like come out for a split second and punch means that even though it's hard, it's trivially easy. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that sucks, but there's there's just something to it where it's like oh this is something strong bad loves mm-hmm. like strong bad loves playing these old games these old antiquated for the time games that make him feel like he's cool and <laughs> i i think that does a lot of narrative work in a way yeah. that's interesting uh it's not fun it's just <laughs> it's just cool that you see strong bad liking it yeah um i don't i don't know if i feel like that's untelltale or not to do something actively unfun to to make a point like that yeah i don't know but it really suits uh if they were ever to do it i guess this is the time to do it this is the spot where it would really uh fit 
Um, if I remember correctly, a lot of the games later on in the uh, season vary with how fun they are. Uh, some of them are, are more legitimately interesting to play games, and, and uh, some of them are not. <laughs> what I like less than that is the Teen Girl Squad minigames. Wow. You like it less, huh? I, I do. Do you like them? I didn't do it. I should have done it. I, I haven't. I didn't watch my roommate play that. I should have done it. The reason I didn't was because I locked myself out of getting that maximum ranking. Oh, uh, yeah. That's so, another thing you can do that we didn't talk about. Yeah, uh, that kind of sucks for most of them. So one of the trophies you can get is uh, just being a nuisance around the world. Yeah. And you do that by doing different things. And most of them you can do it like any time, but there's like one or two that you can only do at a specific point and you have to know to do it. Uh, and that kind of sucks, but uh, it's when, you, uh, when you're giving the candy to Marzipan and uh, you have to make her think Homestar did it, but the king of town will come and eat it if you don't dig a hole for him to fall into. Uh, one of the rankings is you have to talk to the king of town while he's down in the hole. And if he gets out of the hole, you, you can't get him to go down again. That's just the way it is. Yeah. In, in um, When you finish the episode, you enter something called extended play, which is basically the the problems of the world and all the events have been solved or ended. And you can just go around and talk to people and see what they're doing now. Usually they only have like one line of dialogue. It's not anything wild but it allows you to continue if you have more uh collectibles to find more things to do you can do it but mm. the fact that there's some trophies that have things like get a specific line of dialogue here or there that you could easily miss and it needs to happen during the regular gameplay makes that extended play feels so much more poorly designed because yeah like, what's the like point of it if i can't go around to... and finish the thing yeah, you should be able to get any of them in, in that extended play. But no, I tried. I tried to go back and there's just no way to get it. So, uh, yeah, at, at the end of the day, it's not a big deal since it's all just bonus crap anyway. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, if if you get all of this, it's not like you get anything for it, I don't think. Well, um, so, something that people didn't know at the time was if it would matter. I remember being yeah. on the forums talking to other people and uh, this had, we'd just come off of Sam and Max season two and we saw the decals on the DeZoto transfer episode to episode. That's true. And if you didn't get them, you wouldn't have them in the future in a different episode. So there was an assumption going on that how much you level up your awesomeness meter would... Um, carry over episode to episode so you can only max it out if you've actually done everything in all five episodes that was the the assumption and it was not correct every uh, <laughs> uh, awesomeness meter is um independent they, they do not impact anything episode to episode yeah but i feel like some stuff you get ties into bigger things like uh, you can get more Teen Girl Squad cards for the game and you can get 
like we brought up earlier, the uh, Snake Boxer 5 manual has the cheat code for the game. They're not like big things you get, but it's still something you get for doing those. Right, right. But, you know, like like the obscure Coach Z trophies, they, those don't really mean much. Yeah, but but always they were sort of in the world of this one episode. They never, like, you won't have trophies on the wall next episode if you got all the trophies. Yeah. Um, which I think they could have done. I, I think that would have been a nice way to s- sort of say, like, you know, do play all five of the Teen Girl Squad games throughout the whole uh season do play all the retro video games we've got on offer and uh yeah i I guess that's the thing i just didn't i didn't feel compelled to uh do them on this playthrough no and Um, i would recommend to our listeners out there um with these mini games especially play them once but don't don't go for the the max score. Don't try to 100% strong bad school game don't, for attractive people. Don't worry about it. Don't trouble yourself. But it is worth at least experiencing the one time. Yeah, do play Snake Boxer like a little just just to see, but you can quit. It's fine. You don't need to <laughs> you don't need to be that guy like Dustin's roommate. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to worry too much about ranking up i just want to go through and uh see the story through i'm doing it for the podcast uh so okay you don't have to but i you know if there's a great linguistics gymnastics contender in there that i would only experience otherwise i guess i want to see it um yeah exactly that's why i like uh just talking to anyone you can uh yeah like, in this episode, you get Homestar's phone, and you can prank call, like, anyone in Homestar's speed dial. So good. Only only one of them uh, ties into something you're supposed to do. But all the other ones are still fun. Yeah, and all the other ones are always like, Homestar, stop. Stop calling me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everyone... One of my favorite things about this episode is everyone just believes Strongbed when he's pretending to be Homestar. He has the least convincing Homestar costume ever. He has yeah. arms, first of all. Uh, and he does not do a good Homestar impression. But I guess all it takes is doing the speech impediment. And people are like, oh, that's Homestar. I love Matt Chapman trying to be Strongbed, trying to be Homestar. <laughs> it's so good. That, that's a tough thing. Because, like, how Make, do you make one of your voices sound like another one of your voices while not actually just doing the second voice? Mm-hmm. It takes a lot of thinking. Yeah, that's that's some uh, Daffy Duck Bugs Bunny shit. That I, <laughs> I was just about to bring that up. Yeah. <laughs> that that's a, that's a very top-quality voice actor, if you can pull that off. Yeah. But let, let's get back to the main uh, story. We kind of went Sorry. off on a side tangent. For like an hour. Which is fine because it's still... <laughs> <laughs> it's fine since it's still part of the episode. It's still something to talk about. But yeah. uh, the main story is Strong Bad is trying to sabotage Homestar Runner, trying to make him look bad. And you do that in a few different ways. Um, so first of all, you want to make uh, Homestar... You steal his clothes when he's in the shower... Uh, you steal onions from Marzipan's garden, make him rub himself with them, tell him he stinks. So when he's in the shower, you steal his clothes, and then he has to go out naked. He didn't have to go out in public naked, but he did, and he got uh, criminal charges for it. <laughs> True. 
<laughs> the only person um, to be arrested in a Telltale game after 11 episodes of being a cop. <laughs> That's true. The, Sam and Max never arrest anyone. They say they're trying to, but they never actually do it. Yeah, th- they're but, not putting uh, their all into it. Yeah, the first one is... Uh, <laughs> the first one is Homestar Runner himself. Uh, but other ways you try to sabotage him is... Um, you have to make him try to lose the race to the end of the race. And to do that, you disguise yourself as Homestar. So you use the clothes you stole when he was in the shower. And um, so Marzipan's throwing a garden party slash Homestar victory party, but mostly a garden party. Uh, She has a a float of Homestar there. And you use her trimming shears to uh, chop off the head and wear it as a mask. And this uh, Homestar costume is not convinced. You can tell it's Strong Bad. You can see his eyes through the mouth. (laughs) But everyone just thinks he's Homestar. So you enter the race to... And Strong Bad's not prepared for this. He's going to do an awful job in this race. But that's the point. He's trying to make it look like Homestar has failed this race. Right. And uh, you do. Yeah. Yeah. So Homestar has criminal charges from the king of town. He lost the race to the end of the race. He's humiliated and defeated. And his girlfriend hates him. She thinks he destroyed the parade float. So everyone hates Homestar now. Yeah, so he's he's having a real bad time. He's just like <laughs> moping around Strong Bad's house, immediately setting into all of the extreme bachelor tendencies of like only eating cereal um gluing yourself to the couch um just you know everything you could make up about how a very depressed college student lives homestar is doing at strong bed's house it's interesting that homestar doesn't go to his own house right (laughs) he goes to strong bed's house yeah i i was thinking earlier to myself i was wondering have we ever seen homestar's house but we have once that i remember yeah, and the I don't thanks know if for breaking my cow that. lamp scene. Yeah, thanks for breaking my cow lamp. That's <laughs> one of my favorites. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I love that. Um, yeah, so he maybe that's a room in Marzipan's house, though. I don't know. I think that's they do true. live together. Uh, that would make sense. Uh, yeah, because we only ever see Homestar at Marzipan's house or in this case Strong Pet's house yeah I guess another time would I guess another time would be uh, around the time of of Strong Bad's 100th no was it 100th or 200th email where Homestar starts doing Homestar emails ooh yeah it's one of those Uh, yeah that might have been at Homestar's house but that also could have been in Homestar's room at Marzipan's house pre-mails Cremails. Yeah, as, as they say in the in the show. Uh, so good. So you need to solve each of those three things, and that's a very classic adventure game. Uh, three things went wrong. Now you got to solve them independently. Uh, and pretty good episode structure. And then once you do that, um, there's a party thrown at your house. Why did they throw the party at Strong Bad's house? I don't know. <laughs> I guess Homestar was just already there. Figured might as well throw the party there. Yeah, maybe the cheat did it. Oh, <laughs> no, wasn't it because 
Marzipan's house was destroyed or something. Oh, that's like the true. garden was destroyed, yeah. so they threw it at his house. Yeah. Yeah, Marzipan's garden was not an estate to be shown. So they, they show it at <laughs> uh Strongbet's house, and then you, you save the day by ending the party by making a conga line slip on a banana peel and then fly out the window and leave his house. What a what a final puzzle. This is the this is the showdown between Brady culture of this episode. This is the climax. Yeah. <laughs> Just getting a conga line out of your house is the thing, which like I kind of don't understand why Strongbad does not want to party at his house. Yeah, he was upset that uh, he wasn't invited to Marzipan's party. I guess it's just because he didn't say they could. He was like, why is everyone here? Everyone get out of here. I didn't invite you to this house. Yeah, but... Like, it's it's someone else throwing a party in his house. He's fine with it if it's in someone else's house they can trash. I I think on a... To tear the narrative down too far level, um, Strong Bad is he only ever postures at being cool so when there's a an actual opportunity to seem very cool in your own house like you did all that stuff you did just save the day and you could take credit for that if you wanted to um but it in the position where that finally actually shows up in real life for strong bad to take advantage of he suddenly becomes very introverted and the reality of his situation which is that he spends most of his time at home checking emails and playing video games has not prepared him for actual socialization in a party setting uh to become the cool guy that he always pretends that he is he's he's uh, afraid of his own success yeah like there's there's a party in your house if you fuck up you can't go home. <laughs> like, it, That's it, true. If you commit a party foul, and you or like you just talk to someone and you, you realize like, hey, man, I don't want to do this conversation anymore. Uh, the best you could do is go upstairs, but they'll find you. They'll find you upstairs. <laughs> they'll find you. Yeah, and Strong Bad is... Uh, he is definitely one for party fouls. That's the whole reason he wasn't invited to Marzipan's uh, garden party. Uh, he jumped off the roof yeah. into a cake. <laughs> yeah, uh, which I, I can only imagine was an act of uh, self-sabotage. He was like, <laughs> well, there's no way she's going to like me. I'll just do the I'll just get it over with and jump into a cake from the roof. <laughs> um, Strong Bad is a deeply sad character to me that i really enjoy thinking about <laughs> yeah yeah um, do you do you think strong bad is unhappy or do you think he actually believes he's that cool so i think this is, is the big is difference between homestar and strong bad because homestar is actually happy um mm-hmm. he is not cool and his life sucks uh but homestar <laughs> still like actually enjoys it uh because he he takes anything that happens to him on the chin. If you break his cow lamp, he says, thank you for breaking my cow lamp. Uh, and moves on with his life. Uh, with Strong Bad, I think he knows what should be happening. Should in quotes, because I don't know if it actually should be happening. 
uh, to cool people and it's not happening to him. He's imagining, uh, he talks a lot in the, the, uh, the cartoons about hot tubs full of babes in quotes, like as a concept that he could just (laughs) manifest for himself. And he knows he doesn't do that. Um, so like, I, I think he knows he's not cool. It's very, it's very apparent to himself. But he keeps up the 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 attitude. He, he's like a prisoner of his own artifice. Right. Uh, <laughs> he's a very good character. Yeah, he's fun. He also sometimes like <laughs> types with boxing gloves, and that's funny because like, how do you do that? Yeah, he, yeah. He says, "Holy crap!" Yeah. Uh, oh, holy crap! Oh, holy crap! Yeah, he does that. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Should we talk about I, our, I, our segments? Before we do our segments, uh, you asked me to do an impression earlier. Can, can I ask you to do one? Sure. I want you to do a uh, strong sad. How did I know you were going to do that? Uh, I, I knew you were going <laughs> to pick sad. Uh, you were like, I knew, I, ju- I have a feeling. Here it comes. Here comes strong sad. I... <laughs> uh, uh, crap. <laughs> um... Oh, I'm strong, sad. No, that's bad. That's like Homestar doing strong, sad. Uh. (laughs) There is an episode where he does strong, sad. He said, oh, some animal died. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sad that I'm flying. I think my my voice is just too low to to do it. I I can't get there. I I get you. I get you. When I think strong, sad, I think uh, what comes to mind first is actually from Trogdor. When uh, Strong Bad burns up his picture, he says, I'll improve on your methods. And Strong Sad says, that's not an improvement. That's a really very good Strong Sad. Oh, thank you, Mitch. Wow, <laughs> this is weird. <laughs> Dustin, you're a great <laughs> voice actor. Oh, stop. Dustin, you're, you're great. You're a great <laughs> voice actor. Oh, thank you. May- I, sh- I should talk more often. Teach me how to do Strong Sad. <laughs> so all it takes is is uh so think about how strong sad sounds and then do that <laughs> cool <laughs> that's not an takes improvement. a little yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll get there next episode yeah. i'll practice remind me takes a little working yeah i'll remind me to do it next episode and i'll, I'll be better okay uh so here are our segments linguistic gymnastics where we Take our favorite lines of the episode. Dustin, here's... I, I brought this up with you before we started recording. Um, mm-hmm. My notes suck for this episode. I was just in a bad headspace <laughs> when I was taking notes for this episode. I don't really have very many. I have I have one. That's okay. You know what I think is kind of the problem with this? is It's Homestar Runner. Almost every line is funny so it's hard for me to pick certain ones that are funnier than the others because they're just like all the same amount of funny i've known these characters for so long that i don't really think of it as writing i just think of these characters as existing um and and saying things like the way they would say them Mm -hmm. so yeah i i've got a I've got two of them, actually. I, I lied. I have two. Okay. Uh, the first line of the Teen Girl Squad comic is cheerleader saying, 
okay, gals and gal-related girls. And I like gals and gal-related girls a lot. And gal-related girls. That's so good. Yeah, the, um, I I think of I think gal-related girls and wait, saying gals and gal-related girls is <laughs> a, definitely not what they were thinking of at the time when they said it. I think it was just a funny thing to say it. But in in a culture that is now much more aware of uh, non-binary people and trans identities and things like that. Um, what does gals and gal-related girls mean? Does it? That's a good question. I I I, I, I have a hypothesis. Tell me if you think I'm okay. off base. Okay. But I think gals only refers to someone with any kind of feminine identity at all, not necessarily someone who. Uh, is a is a person that identifies as a woman, and then gal related girls are all women, whether or not they have feminine identities, uh, or 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 like speak to their own femininity very much. Okay, and that is actually a very interesting way to address a primarily feminine group without actually um saying women and non-binary peoples who are feminine in some ways and not others who just happen to be here because that can be exclusionary when you just when you have to sort of get into the point where you say like and you're not like the rest of us but you're here so that is yeah it's actually a pretty it's friendly also thing. Yeah, it's also, the way you said it is also, uh, gal-related girls is also a lot shorter than the way you just said it. Yeah. Well, gal-related it's girls, it, it's it's also inverse, because normally you would say, um, good evening men and women, like, uh, ladies and gentlemen, and non-binary folk, and then you would mm-hmm. tag it on the end, and it always feels like an afterthought, because it's tagged on the end of a, of a pre-existing phrase. Right. But in this case the non-binary part actually goes first because I think gals is not girls because they're making the differential here between gals and gal-related girls. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's true. So so the, the sort of traditional gender identity is the second thing and the non-traditional actually goes first. Yeah, I think it's just a great phrase. <laughs> it is a great phrase. I might appropriate it. No, probably not. I think there's reasons it's bad I don't understand yet. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> uh, my other line is... Uh, <laughs> at a certain point in the episode, you kick the king of town into a hole. Not not kick, he just falls into a hole. And later on in the extended play, if you look at that hole, uh, you hear the king of town talk to a mole person after seemingly getting married to that mole person saying please understand my sweet on the surface world it's customary to sign a dietary prenup uh talking about how i don't know i don't know what that means exactly the king of town likes to eat a lot of dumb food so maybe he's nervous that in marriage he won't be able to do that as much so he needs to sign a dietary prenup it's definitely something to think about and that that's the lore of the king of town king of town lore is strong with uh this episode those are my two lines what are, what what do you got so i have a few 
like I said, it it doesn't really help us out on this show, but it is a good thing when like almost all of your lines are funny lines. Yeah. Um one of my so I have two favorites just from a lot of my favorite lines are from the beginning of the game. And I think I don't have as many from the later half of the game just because I became so used to that humor. Uh, but there's there's plenty of lines in the episode that are funny. Uh, some of them when you're just exploring uh, Strongbad's house. Uh, so they have the rave light switch from uh, from the rave email. Yep. Uh, you can turn it on. And if you do it once, Strongbad says, Ah, I sometimes get tired of that. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, there's another one when you go downstairs and they have uh, pictures hanging up on the wall. And uh, one of them has a poem on it. And Strongbad reads it. He says, The loneliest goat sees the last sunset last. That's a horse. I forgot about that. I love that poem. <laughs> That's a horse. Uh, the loneliest uh, goat sees the last sunset last. <laughs> I wonder if anyone on Etsy's made that to hang up on the wall. Yeah, okay. I'm um, looking it up. <laughs> uh in the meantime, another one uh is when you kick the cheat into the dryer um and then talk to it again, uh the cheat will start uh uh cussing you out and Strongbad says, uh, "Hey, do you kiss your hot mom with that mouth?" <laughs> and and the cheat having a hot mom has been a thing in Homestar before. Um so every Halloween, they do a thing where they show off fan costumes. And uh, for one year, someone sent in a photo where they were they had like a. Uh, a woman was uh, dressed as the cheat and strong bad says, ah, the cheat's hot mom, always in and out of prison. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but uh, this one isn't a line. But I still thought it was funny. Uh, Homestar calls marzipan puddin' sack. Like they yeah. they have they have little cute pet names for each other, and one of Homestar's it, for her is puddin' sack. Um, I love this line. I, I love that that I okay. I'm not ashamed to admit um, that I I will come up with way worse nicknames for the people I date. Uh, I'm, I'm, I don't doubt that I've probably used the phrase puddin' sack. So I, I totally, uh, vibe with this as. I, I don't know what exactly it means, but it's very funny. It's like a sack full of puddin'. <laughs> oh, now I get it. Uh, so you want to know some stuff I just found out about the loneliest goat? Yes. So it was, it did not originate in this game. <laughs> Uh, so that's something. It it might have just been in the Homestar cartoons earlier, but mm-hmm. I found a Google Answers, which was probably a, a competition with Yahoo Answers, uh, <laughs> posted on October 10th of 2003. Wow. Uh, and the question is, it's in the subject idioms or sayings. The the body of the question is, what does the phrase, the loneliest goat sees the last sunset last, mean? 
and <laughs> answered on the next day, October 11th, 2003, by Read to Live Georgia says, hello, it's an interesting question, a nice phrase, I like it, and then goes on <laughs> and, and uh, <laughs> talks for like a long while, never mentioning um, Homestar at all. <laughs> just, wow. Just talking about uh, th- things that could mean. Uh, <laughs> one guy says, uh, from the context written by someone who appears often to be a loner at school and outside, this reads as a line of self-comfort. You may be alone, but there are compensations. You get to see things other people don't. Um, like the last sunset. <laughs> last. Uh, That's interesting considering what all we've been talking about uh, Strong Bad's character. <laughs> he, he keeps on uh, going to say that Michael, written on the New York, t- New York Teens page, uh, which is a website about New York teens, Michael notes his favorite phrase as the loneliest goat always sees the last sunset. Um... <laughs> It might it, it might not be from Homestar. Yeah, it might just be a funny phrase that uh, they liked. It, and it's probably from there was Homestar, a horse. Though. <laughs> <laughs> the loneliest goat sees the last sunset last. That's a good like yearbook quote. <laughs> I'm sure if you wrote that down in some it or if someone said that for the for the yearbook, everyone reading it would be like. Uh, okay. uh, this guy thinks he's a lonely goat. <laughs> <laughs> he does have weird eyes. Uh, any more lines? Yes, I have a few. Um, one is when uh, Homestar is uh, psyching himself up for the race to the end of the race. He says, uh, fight a flight, champ. No turning back. You made the sandwich. Now step in it. That's good. That's a good line. <laughs> All right, I have a couple more. I don't feel bad having a lot since you only had sure. uh, the couple. Um, one is uh, Strong Bad being a real asshole to Bubs. Uh, usually with these characters, you can choose to say something really mean to them or something kind of more passive-aggressively nice. Um, never, like, full-on nice, but uh, you can insult uh, Bubs's weight you can either insult him or be kind of nice about it, in which he tells you the green stripe is one of those uh, fat jiggle belts. <laughs> he's not He's not even, like, one of the fattest people in the cartoon. Yeah, there's Strong Sad just right there. Yeah, uh, Strong Sad, Pom Pom. Uh, yeah, Pom Pom's huge, but I guess he's light. Strong Mad can't be all muscle. Yeah. But uh, you can you can be real mean to Bubs and insult his weight, and he says, "Hey man, I got a glandular problem." And uh, Strong Bad says, "More like a gravy boat problem." <laughs> uh, one is uh, so you can shear a bunch of hedges uh, into different shapes, and you get a trophy for it. But anytime you do, you get a pile of hedge trimmings. And Strong Bad says, Ooh, a pile of hedge trimmings. Can't ever have enough of these. <laughs> Good. And uh, so I got one more quote and then just one more thing I liked that I wanted to bring up before we uh, I didn't have the chance. Um, 
one quote. Uh, so throughout the episode, you can dig in different places to find different things. Um, but if you look at the pile of dirt left by digging that spot, uh, at least in front of Strong Bad's house, I don't know if it's every pile of dirt, but uh, if you look at the pile of dirt in front of Strong Bad's house, he says, Oh, nofers, we got gophers. That is good. <laughs> and and then the last thing is not a line, but uh, at one point in the episode, you have to sneak through the King of Town's castle, and the poopsmith is there. He's kind of acting as security. You can't get caught by the poopsmith. Uh, but the piles of poop that he shovels, if you hover your mouse above it, what it is labeled as is what's it. Yeah, well, they call it what's it actively a lot. Yeah, it's just a funny word for uh, poop. Um, yeah, <laughs> it is. It is a funny word for poop. Yeah. Um, and then this episode... I forgot to mention it earlier. This episode has a teaser at the end of it, like Sam and Max season two kind of started doing. Yeah, uh, but like more specifically about the actual episode rather than just a, a cliffhanger. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's it's hinting at what is to come next month. I love uh, that shit. It, it gets me every time when you <laughs> do that with video games. I I'm so susceptible to marketing. <laughs> mm-hmm. i really am gets, it's gets so you, good gets you hyped for what's coming up next yeah i i've played it already it came out 13 years ago i'm still hyped it it's <laughs> it's good it's a good it's like oh strategy. what's gonna happen because i re- it puts me back in that mindset where we had to make uh wait a month between these episodes as they were coming out waiting a mm-hmm. month between anything is not habit building so you really do need to try to force yourself to stay excited about a thing if it's happening over the period of five months of your life you will go in and out of fads in that time (laughs) but yeah that's all i got those are all my lines cool but there's so there's so many funny lines in this episode there are a lot of funny lines i remember everything coach z gets me like every time coach z just has such a funny voice uh, I forget the exact quote, but when uh, Strong Bad is pretending to be Coach Z over the phone to get Marzipan to come over, and he just says, uh, uh, "We're abort distort the the roars to the end of the roars any moment." <laughs> yeah, that's great. It, that <laughs> that's like Matt Chapman making fun of other people not understanding the subtleties in their writing. where like apparently he just says everything with an r in it rather than just (laughs) certain vowel sounds yeah that is exactly how strong bad would think to do a coach z impression yeah (laughs) uh there was a saturday night live episode where uh christopher Watkins was hosting and he Mm. started doing his open opening monologue and he started talking and then after a bit he said now what I just said is what every one of you guys says I sound like. <laughs> but and then he started talking normally. But like I did not hear a difference. <laughs> it sounded the exact same. <laughs> um, he, he can catch the little subtleties in his performance. Yeah, he, he knows. <laughs> he knows how he, he knows sounds. better than we do. He knows how he doesn't sound like this. He doesn't sound like how you typically do a walking impression. 
Um, potent pickups, Dustin. Best potent inventory item in the episode. This was a last minute one for me. I didn't write down a potent pickup until after we had started recording, but I knew what it was right away. Yeah. Uh, I put Homestar's head. Oh, okay. That's not mine. <laughs> um, you only use it for the one puzzle, but it's just such a fun thing that you chop off the head of this float and wear it. I thought for and sure everyone we would have believes the same you. one. Oh, maybe I forgot what the real one is. <laughs> the real one. No, that's fine. Do, do, do Homestar's head. Yeah, I just think it's funny. I here, I'll say not just Homestar's head, the whole Homestar costume. Good, yeah. Um Yeah, what's yours? Homestar's phone. Oh god, yeah, that should have been it. Yeah, no. You just get so much you can call all of these characters. It's it's really good. All of the phone conversations with Homestar's phone are perfect. Not only that, but it ties into like multiple puzzles. Yeah. You use it a few times. So, yeah, it has a lot going for it. It, I think that one's the real one, but now we have two good answers. Yeah, and just all of, all of the little phone conversations are so good at being the adaptation of a cartoon that this game is. Being that it, it, it um, I don't really know if there's any other game I've played that is an adaptation that I've respected more than this game for being an adaptation of Homestar. Because... I agree. It, it feels straight up like you're playing the show. Yeah, and, and because Homestar was, like, one of my favorite things as a kid, it was, like, Homestar, Banjo-Kazooie, and Pokemon for me. Those were the those were my favorite things. That's a good selection. It's it's my three. It's my three. Um, I, th- I think the only other thing I would say comes close would be uh, the recent South Park RPGs, which go out of their way mm. to look just like mm-hmm. the show. Yeah, the South Park ones are pretty good. Um, the, a, a lot of the the more recent Dragon Ball Z games have uh, come a long way in making 3D models look like they are 2D anime. Uh, so that stuff's pretty good too. Yeah, Fighter Z looks incredible. Yeah, definitely. Um, in, in, like on an actual technical level, I think this game has aged in a way that does not look as faithful to the Flash animation as it used to. That said, it still feels like the show. Feels like the the the, the comedy and writing and tone and and like sound design and humor design of uh Homestar that that it possibly could. Yeah, and I still think, for the most part, they do a really good job of making them look just like the characters in 3D. Mostly because a lot of the characters' faces you can just, like, put on the model. Like, Strongbad's face is just the drawing of his face pasted over his head. And, like, Coach Z is just eyes. (laughs) So, uh, who's your weekly guy? This is so hard for the same reason... uh, uh, linguistic gymnastics is hard because they're all just so good. I ha- just have, I already have that connection with these characters and I love them all. Uh, but if I had to choose one, I guess I got to go strong bad himself. Uh, okay. He's, he's funny the whole time. Uh, you know, he just steals the show in the show all the time. Uh, and yeah, you know, he gets a lot of really good lines. He's the one who does uh, 
the the prank calls uh he's the one who puts all of the uh funny jokes into action um so for this episode i'm gonna say strong bad for this episode i was stuck between two of them neither are strong bad um Mm -hmm. i'll just say the one i didn't i'm not picking is homestar Um, homestar is your second place my second place yeah Really, I almost said Homestar. Really close. Homestar's got some great lines. I love sad, depressed, hanging around Strong Bad's <laughs> house, Homestar. Yeah. Uh, just spitting Teddy Grahams everywhere. Uh, per- <laughs> perfect perfect character uh, characterization of Homestar. He's done very well. I'm, now I'm really interested who your pick is going to be. My pick is Coach Z. Okay, good. That's a good pick. This is a good Coach Z episode. Uh, I think it's th- probably the heaviest Coach Z episode out of all of them. I don't think he's very heavily featured in the next four ep- episodes, to my knowledge, to my memory. Although, um, the next uh, episodes three, four, and five, I don't have a lot of specific like plot memories of it. I, I know episodes mm. one and two quite well um but interesting so we'll have to get around to jogging my memory once we get to baddest of the bands but but coach z is just so funny with uh like the way the rules for the free country usa triannual race to the end of the race like how it works and how his camera thing works how he used to be the world champ but now he he can't hack it anymore uh (laughs) so good good stuff my weekly unguy is strong mad. Okay, okay. The the unweekly guy, strong mad, I feel is poorly represented as the king of towns lackey. Yeah, he's never the king of towns lackey. They just needed someone who can throw you out of his castle. And to be fair, in the cartoon, like pretty much every cast member, much like a Looney Tunes thing or a or a like paper mario thing cast members can just be other people and just do other things they can just fill whatever role suits that character yeah but that's this feels a little too off for me um okay strong mad likes strong bad like strong strong mad should be on his side and is not in this episode and i think out of all the characters in the episode it's the only like one little thing that feels like an incorrect characterization and for that he is my weekly unguy although it's still not bad it's still fine and there's a lot of comedy in there as well yeah um i don't think i have a weekly unguy but i guess i'll say strong mad as well for that exact same reason because i agree with you okay um that's our show anything else to say about this episode um about this episode not really let me uh let me look through my notes real fast i might have something or other on here i um i think that i really like uh, marzipan's performance i don't remember the name of the actress who plays marzipan missy palmer missy palmer that's it missy palmer chapman Uh, i i think she hyphenated oh okay um maybe let me make sure i don't want to say that okay be wrong about that uh but marzipan just always has a good performance and uh she has some pretty good uh standout moments in this episode even um 
some okay maybe i maybe she didn't take uh chapman at all missy palmer yeah just just missy palmer um okay yeah she's great she she's she's a great marzipan i think they i always thought it was a little mean her casting at the very beginning of homestar Mm-hmm. because they clear it, to me it's clear that they picked her because she doesn't really act she, she just says that's just her voice and yeah but i think it really lines. suits i think it really suits the character yeah well i think there's a transformation that happened like maybe halfway through the cartoons where uh at the beginning you could tell she was just saying the lines and maybe not even reacting to the context of the situation that the mm-hmm. character was in but then later on, she would start acting more. And by the time that Strong Bad's Cool Game for Attractive People came out, uh, she's she's fully acting as Marge's pen. She's like, she sounds mad at Homestar. It's great. Yeah. Uh, she has a song on Strong Bad Sings that's really good. Yeah, she's uh, she's Mike Chapman's wife. Uh, so that's mm-hmm. that's how they that's how they got her. Um, <laughs> that's how they they signed her uh, <laughs> and mike chapman rarely ever does voices on on homestar but when he does it's so funny so He's, so who is he he doesn't play any like main characters but what he does do are the voices in the powered by the cheat cartoons Oh, okay, cool. So, like, he does, like, off Strong Bad, where he's like, Dear Strong Bad, can you run a mile? Cool. <laughs> and it's, it's so funny every time. So that's Mike Chapman. Good to know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I think this episode feels... I'm, I'm of two minds about it, because on the one hand, I think it is worse than, like, most of the sam and max episodes but at the same time i'm feeling way more energized to talk about it uh than most of the sam and max episodes and maybe that's just unfair fan service like that's what fan service does it it yeah elevates a thing that's not as good but i think another thing to consider is that sam and max is supposed to be an epic it like from this uh storytelling perspective it's it's a, a big bombastic solving a mystery fighting crime there's actual fights that happen uh, and there's humor in it where Homestar is a comedy uh, on purpose. And part of the comedy is how Napoleon Dynamite-esque uh, the world around them in this town is. Where people just like don't do much. And it's all social and no political or, or um, action or anything. So... To say that it feels less impactful is like, yeah, but it's it's trying to be that. So I don't know if that's a failure yeah. of the narrative. That's just it's trying to be less impactful. Would you would you consider Homestar Runner a slice of life? Yeah. series. Oh yeah, yeah. I th- I think that's uh, something to keep in mind. It's not meant to be like this huge epic thing. But that being said, I do think. Even without playing the episodes, even just having a uh, knowledge of what's coming, this episode feels like a very basic, this is what Homestar Runner is, this is what this world is kind of episode. Uh, it feels like kind of more of an average every day than we're going to see from here on out in this series, where it's more like specific events happening. 
Yeah, and and that's clearly on purpose. Mm-hmm. It's meant to be an intro to the world of Homestar. Maybe if you were just a Sam and Max fan and you were picking up the game, because I, I think they didn't know how it was going to do at all. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I, there, there's no reason to assume that they had any idea of like, okay, so this is a web cartoon that's always just been on its own website and it's always been free. How much are people going to pay for a video game? No concept. I have no concept of how much people are going to pay for a video game of this thing. Um, yeah, I don't I don't even know how well it did. I mean, I guess they never made a, a second season for it, but, you know, people still to this day talk about it as like one of Telltale's standout games. Yeah, yeah. I, I think uh, one problem with Telltale that I've been thinking about for a while that I do think contributed to um, some of their economic hardships at the end was that they never established a fan base for themselves. They only established fan bases for each property. Um, mm-hmm. Like if if you were going to play Strong Bad's cool game for attractive people, that is probably because you like Homestar. Who knows if you'll stay with Deltale, you know? Um, yeah, exactly. Like, I guess we did as we're having this podcast, having this conversation right now. Um, yeah, but at the same time, I do feel like it's because they just happened to land a lot of uh, properties that I was interested in. Like, I I love Monkey Island, so I played Tales of Monkey Island. I loved Sam and Max. I loved Strong Bad. But, like, I think the only one I played that was not connected to a series I already liked was The Walking Dead. And that was just because I had friends saying it was so good. Like, I didn't play uh, uh, Game of Thrones. I had zero interest in playing the Game of Thrones game. Yeah. Uh I didn't play a lot of the later ones I'd, I'd like to uh, now. Like, I didn't play the Batman ones. I am kind of a Batman fan, but not like a massive, massive yeah. Batman fan. So I didn't I didn't play those right away. Uh, I didn't play Wolf Among Us, even though I heard that was also good. Now, now I'll get a chance to play all of them. But like, I still, I didn't play CSI. Well, yeah. No one played CSI, <laughs> though. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, but... Like I, I'm even a pretty big fan. I would say of the of the two James Gunn Guardians of the Galaxy movies. I, I never played the Guardians of the Galaxy Telltale game. Same, same. I don't know. I I just didn't get around to it. Like even of why. the things I'm a fan of, it, it, if it if it does if it's not like a very weirdly cool thing for it to get a game, I don't know if I'm gonna be on on board just because it's Telltale, or at least at the time. Uh, like it, it, it wouldn't preempt other things versus like if, if, uh, I, I don't know. I think about Splatoon and how it was just very popular right out of the gate. And I think it's because it was a Nintendo thing, even though it has no connections to other Nintendo series, that's a developer pedigree that people understand and, and respect. And mm-hmm. Telltale could have had that if they had I think maybe if they focused more on making Sam and Max uh, beyond season three and if they tried to push like their vision of Sam and Max as a uniquely telltale thing rather than an adaptation, which I think would be fair to say, like Sam and Max, I associate more with telltale than C- uh, Steve Purcell at this point in my life. Um, I, I, I'm not sure if I do, but I still... When I think Telltale, I do think of Sam and Max as, like, their 
series, even if it didn't start that way. Yeah. I, I still kind of associate it with, I don't want to say like Sam and Max's Telltale's Mario, but like, I don't know. That's kind I of, kinda a I kind of think it is. I, I, I don't know. Like Sam and Max hit the road, uh, feels like an adaptation of the comics. Mm-hmm. And the Telltale Sam and Max series is a Telltale game using the character Sam and Max. Yeah, it it helps that they made a lot about that uh, version of Sam and Max up, all the like support characters. I don't think you see very many people, like you said earlier, like Flint Papers may be like the only one that carries over. Yeah, and I know you're a big fan of the cartoon, so this is probably different from for you. But when I think of the world of Sam and Max, I think pretty much only of uh, stuff in the Telltale games, like Bosco's and Sybil's and uh, and Stinky's diner on that street, and like and uh, Jimmy Two Teeth and stuff like that. No, I think that's fair to say. It's kind of the only Sam and Max thing that really cares to establish a world for itself. Yeah. Because, like, in the comics, they're, like, always off doing different things. They can be on the moon, they can be somewhere else, but they don't necessarily have a super reoccurring cast. I, I think they have, like, a couple. Um, and, like, uh, Hit the Road, you don't see any of the characters from ever again. Uh characters from the cartoon you don't see in anything else yeah i I think the comics and hit the road and the cartoon each have like one thing i still associate with the world of salmon max uh probably Mm -hmm. max salmon from the comics um yeah and max salmon is a character that comes into the show but like only once but he doesn't show up in telltale the only thing i can think of is he has a small cameo in uh poker night 2 where he's on one of the cards they, they, yeah, they really should have done Max Salmon in Telltale. That would have been great. Yeah, Sam and Max don't really have a rogues gallery. Well, they they do in Telltale though. I'm like, yeah, they... yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. They don't have a rogues gallery that you can pull from like other things, or they they don't have a rogue gallery that they did pull. Sure. Anyway, and and, and the cartoon has the nerd, which I think is an the geek. Or sorry, you have the geek. Well, you know what? Never <laughs> mind. It doesn't because I said the name wrong. <laughs> i remember the geek but like i don't think the geek is like a very popular character i think she's fine she kind of acts as like uh the straight man to sam and max and she doesn't show up all that often anyway so yeah um all that is to say i like that this is a slice of life adventure game um you don't have those that that doesn't make sense to do so yeah that's cool. But they do it here since that's just what Homestar is. Yeah. Um, that's our episode. I I don't know how to say if this is as good. I think the what I can say is the fact that the game ranks you on a scale of completionism is 100% bad. <laughs> and some of its puzzles kind of are weaker than Sam and Max. So as a game... Uh, and I hate to do the as a game thing because I, I'm a firm believer in narrative being very much part of game design. Um, mm-hmm. But in that way that people describe as a game for adventure game innovations and stuff, I think it's probably below Sam and Max. But it it's a great thing, especially if you like Homestar. Check it out. If you don't like Homestar, 
I, I, w- I would be very curious as to how you'd feel about this game. Yeah. I think you'd um, think it's funny. I, I guess that's the thing. Like, are they going in with no relation to Homestar? Or are they going in actively not liking it? Because I feel like if you've seen Homestar Runner before and it wasn't your cup of tea, uh, then you're not going to like this. I think that's another difference between this and Sam and Max, where this is for Homestar fans. Sam and Max is for people who have never heard of Sam and Max. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, Dustin, where can people find you? People can find me on the internet. Uh, at, uh... <laughs> what is, is that a pun? Is, <laughs> is that a reference to something? <laughs> no. They can find me on the internet, on Twitter, <laughs> uh, <laughs> at AmazingDJDustin. Uh, and they can also find me on Instagram at that exact same name. Mitchell, where can they find you? They can find me on Twitter at the Wolf FM. That's at symbol T H E W O L F E F M. And until next time, we'll see you later. Goodbye. I think we'll see you later is an extremely weak sign off phrase. <laughs> but I've been doing we it. Will, we will see you later. It's been three months of that. So we will see you later. We will. You can count on it. Feeling awesome. Even though I slept on the remote again last night. Ow! Time to tear up another day. This strong bad freaking way. Like an imploding star, like a burning car. My style shines so bright. Please stop trying to handle my style.